Well, it's good to see everyone this morning. You know, uh, I want to just take a moment and say something. You know, we've all, for the last couple of years, we've been in this uh, place we've never been before, at least in our lifetimes, in this pandemic thing. And, and it's been so weird, and it's changed so many things. And it changed the way for a while that we were able to do church and all of that. And, and you know, yesterday was like the coolest day because we had 200 over, 260 women in here uh, yesterday uh, at a tea, a ladies' tea with a speaker and just a great time of worship for those ladies. We had um, probably 150 uh, people that were on the golf course yesterday uh, as well, supporting our children's ministry through the golf, uh, golf tournament. And all of that was going on yesterday. It just there was this moment yesterday when I, I, I was leaving the golf course and I, I came here and my wife called me and, you know, she was leaving the ladies' tea and, and it just dawned on me, we're back. You know, it's like, you know, right? I mean, we're, you know, it's like we're doing stuff. You know, we're, we're having all these events and this ministry stuff and that's so, so exciting. And, and so we want you to be involved in those things and take advantage of the opportunities that we have here to support the church, also to just be uh, involved in those ministry events that are taking place. Uh, for the last few weeks, we have been in a sermon series um, titled Built to Last. And it's in the book of Colossians and we've been, we've been in the book of Colossians for a number of weeks now. And just to, today we're going to wrap up this series, Built to Last. But before I do that, I want to remind you, if you're a guest with us today, if you're new today, I just want to let you know that the, the, this letter that we're studying, the book of Colossians, is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church in a city called Colossa. And the, um, the reason he wrote the letter is because the church there in Colossa was brand new, and it was the very first Christian church in the city of Colossa. Christianity was new on the scene. And so um, a, a group of people had gone to a neighboring city to see the Apostle Paul preach, and one of those people was a guy named Epaphras. Epaphras came back from Ephesus, where he went to see him preach, and he came to Colossa, and he started the church in Colossa. Well, it was exciting to start a new church, but soon people began to hear about this movement they called the Way, and, and people at that time, and this new Christian movement. And so people started coming into the church, but when they would come into the church, they would come from different backgrounds. Christianity was brand new. So they, Jews would come, and they would bring their customs and their uh, you know, traditions and all the things, the, the law that they had been following, they would bring into the church and uh, with them. And then there would be people from pagan belief systems, and they would come in, and they would bring their sacrifices and the way they worshiped idols and the things they believed about God. They would bring those things into the church. And, and that's, you know, that's okay because people come in with different belief systems, but they learn about Jesus and they put their faith and trust in him and they forsake other gods and then they can follow Christ. But what was happening in this young church is these people were coming in and because the pastor was a brand new believer himself and Christianity was new, they were bringing these beliefs and they were sort of trying to merge them with Christian beliefs. And some of the Jews were saying, you got to keep this festival. You got to do this sacrifice. You can't touch this. You can't taste that. They were saying those kind of things. And then there were other people that were saying, you got to worship this. You got to build this idol in, in, in addition to what you're doing here. And so Paul is um, writing this letter to help them understand what Christianity looks like, you know, what, what it means to be a Christ follower, who Jesus is, what Jesus is. And he's writing this letter. So now we get to the part of the letter that we're going to be looking at today. And Paul has told them a lot of things. He's told them about who and what Jesus is. He said, this is what a believer looks like. This is the way church ought to look. And this is the way you have a good church. And he's been telling them all this stuff. And then he gets to the end of this section of scripture. And he sort of wraps it up by saying, 
He wraps it up by saying, listen, you can't get sidetracked by all this other mess. All this stuff these people are telling, all these things they're trying to bring into the church, all these things they're preaching, all these rules and regulations, that's not what Christianity is. Keep your eye on what I've been telling you about. I've been telling you about Jesus. So you keep your eye on Jesus. So in this passage today, Paul warns these people of some things they need to be careful of, some things they need to keep an eye out for, because if they get in the church and they get entrenched in the church, they will destroy the church. And so we move a couple of thousand years ahead, and it's in us here today. We still need to be careful about these things. They may look a little different today than they looked back then. They may be presented in a different way than they were presented back then, but we still deal with them today. So we need to be really careful. So if you've got your Bibles with you today, we're going to be looking in Colossians. And uh, you can open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 2. Uh, we're going to be looking at verses 16 through 23. And I'm going to read those verses. Then we'll come back and we'll sort of pick them apart. And uh, we'll see what, um, what Paul has to say. But Paul says this in Colossians 2, 16 through 23. He says, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival, or a new moon, or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions and being puffed up without reason by the, his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head. No, the head is Jesus, so not holding fast to Jesus, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why then, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Why are you worried about things? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they're used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Let's pray. Father, as we look at these things today that we need to be careful of, as we look at these things that we want to make sure never get entrenched into our church and into our lives, God, open our eyes, open our hearts and our minds, and help us to see clearly. Help us to be able to, to, to bring to our, our minds and to our memories uh, situations and circumstances where we've seen these things in action. And help us to recognize them when they come our way so that we can say, no, we're going to keep our eyes on Jesus. And Father, that's my prayer this morning. So we pray that you will open our eyes, our hearts, and our minds and speak to us through your word. And we'll give you the glory for that. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And if you agree with me, say amen. Amen. All right. Well, as we look at these passages this morning, it's Paul has given us warnings. And I sort of broke the passage down into three sort of big overarching principles. And I'm going to just expand on those a little bit and, uh, and talk about them a little bit, share some thoughts that I have about some of the things that he talks about here. So Paul says, number one, he says, one of the things you ought to watch out for, he goes, one of the things you guys need to be careful for, uh, about is, is watch out for those people who will judge other people by their external things, by external things. He says it in verse 16 and 17. He says, therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions 
of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or the Sabbath, that kind of thing. These are a shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Now, the first thing I want you to notice is that Paul says, therefore, the very first word he uses is therefore. Well, anytime you see therefore in the Bible, you got to stop and pay attention because that means, okay, he's already said something that has something to do with what he's about to say. So he says, therefore, be careful about these things. Well, the therefore, the things he said before that all this is based on is everything we've been talking about over the last few weeks. About, he said, this is what it looks like to be a Christian. This is what a church ought to look like. This is who Jesus is, what Jesus is. This is why Jesus is supreme. This is why our focus needs to be on him. And because of all those things, then therefore these, these things, pay attention to these things. And he, and he starts off by, by talking about not letting people judge us by externals. Don't let someone judge you by externals. Now what he's talking about here, there's a word that we use in Christianity today. We call it legalism. And, and it's, it's when people, um, you know, judge other people by a set of uh, external uh, rules that they've made. They measure a person's spirituality by conformity to some set of man-made rules. Uh, Paul tells the Colossians, don't let people do that. And, and he's telling you and me today, don't let people do that. Don't sacrifice the, the freedom that you have in Jesus Christ for a bunch of man-made rules. Uh, you know, in this young church, remember, the, the Jews were coming in and the Jews were saying, you, okay, great, this Jesus thing's all great and wonderful, but you still got to keep this festival. You still got to offer this sacrifice. Paul's going, no, no, no. Th those are rules. Those don't have anything to do with a relationship with Jesus. People are coming in saying, you got to worship this idol, carve this idol. You got to do this. You got to sacrifice this thing. Say this prayer. He's, no, 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 no. He said, none of that stuff. D these are all external things. You need to keep your eyes on, on Jesus. So, so, and you know, in churches today, we see this all the time, right? We see legalism. I don't know about you, but now I was brought up in a different denomination than this, but I'm going to tell you that all growing up in my life, my life was best pretty much a legalism, legalism driven life. I was told that you can't do certain things. Basically, I was told don't smoke, don't cuss, don't drink, don't chew, and don't run around with girls that do. That's pretty much what I was told. Okay, and I was like, if you'll get that right, you will be okay in the eyes of God. But let me just tell you something. That doesn't make you right in the eyes of God. The only thing that makes you right in the eyes of God is not a bunch of rules, it's a relationship. It's putting your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. And, and, but, but today we still see people that they create rules. You know, and then what they do, they, they create these rules, this set of rules, and they judge you by those rules. All of us, you probably know somebody. You got that guy at work, he always comes to work, and he's always acting real spiritual, and he's got that Bible that's six inches thick, and he plops it down on the lunchroom table, and he's always telling everybody else how to live, and if they're not living that way, they're going to hell. He's got all these rules, and most of them he's made up, Right? You know exactly what I'm talking about. So we've got to be careful. Let me tell you, I wrote some things down that legalism does. One of the things that legalism does is it gives power to the wrong person. You know, when there are plenty of people that would like to control our lives. And when you give in to legalism, you're, giving, you're focusing on those rules and those regulations and that other person, and you're not focused on Jesus. So, so it gives power to the wrong person. It also puts the focus in the wrong place when you think about it. It's a lot easier to keep a bunch of rules that somebody's written down than it is to deal with the issues that are going on inside your heart. It's easy to say, well, I don't, 
Cuss, drink, smoke, or chew. Don't run around with girls that do. It's easy to say, I don't do those things. No, but you got lust in your heart, pride in your heart. You're mean as a snake to your neighbors. That's all inside. You got a bad attitude and your old sourpuss inside you're just carrying around all the time. And it, but, but, but I don't cuss, drink, smoke, or chew. I'm good with Jesus. No, you're not. But that's what legalism does. It focuses on the rules and not on the relationship. That's what it does. And it puts the focus in, in the wrong place. As I said, it also give people, gives people a false sense of security. Anyone can conform to a, a set of external rules. If, if somebody says you shouldn't do this, you can go, okay, I won't do it. Anybody can do that. But inwardly, you can be rebellious and have a heart that is black as night. Because it's not about the rules. It's not about the regulations. It's about a relationship. And it also makes us narrow and divisive. People that are caught up in legalism, they insist that everybody else attain the same standard that they've adopted. Oh, I've got it all figured out. I know what's right and wrong, and I know what's good, and I know how it ought to be. And I got, Now, if you'll just do what I do and what I tell you to do, you can be okay with Jesus too. Y'all are laughing because you know people that do this. Some of you are going to hold me, I do it myself. <laughs> right? But that the point, but it's divisive. Because let me tell you something. When you come to Jesus, we all come and we're all to different places in our journey. And God may have worked on you about something that he ain't quite worked on that person over there about something. But it's not your responsibility to keep telling them. You just let God work on them. You take the little, you take the log out of your high and then let the speck come out of theirs. Right? Right? Okay, I'm just, just saying. Because we do that. And the other thing it does, it, is it alienates the world. One of the biggest problems we have winning people to Jesus is everybody thinks we're about a bunch of rules and regulations. Oh, you can't do anything if you're a Christian. I have more fun. I have a great time. Sometimes I just act pure stupid. I just have a great time. I have more freedom in Christ than I've ever had in my life before I came to know Jesus. How about you? You know, but it's divisive because when you're just going up town telling everybody, now you know, you know, I, want, I just really think, you know, if you just put your faith in Jesus, that would be a wonderful thing. Now, you know, if you put your faith in Jesus, you can't do this, 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 or mm, that, or this, 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 this. It's a wonderful life. <laughs> but that's the way that we so often, we do. it's divisive. It drives people away. So, Paul says, listen, watch out for those who judge others by external things. Apparently, people were coming into that church and they were judging everybody else because they weren't doing it the way they were doing it. We can't do that to others and we shouldn't allow other people to do that to us. It's about Jesus. You, you want to be judged by something? Let this judge you. Right? The second thing he says is watch out for those who advocate a different authority. Now, he says in Colossians 2, 18 through 19, he goes, let no one disqualify you, insisting on, and I'll, I'll talk about this word in a few minutes, asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by a sensuous mind and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body is nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with the growth that is from God. He says, let no one disqualify you. Basically, he's saying, look, don't get caught up in what these people are saying because if you start believing all this stuff and you're not focused on Jesus, you're going to be disqualified. You don't even have a relationship with God. So we need to make sure that we're focusing on Jesus and not this other stuff. 
Paul says, listen, the people that are doing this kind of thing and they're, that, that, are, that are, you know, out there and they're trying to say there's other authorities other than Jesus, you know, they're, they're teaching all this stuff. There was one group of people in this church called Gnostics and they taught that Jesus was not God and that they would come in and they would teach that Jesus was not God. He goes, don't listen to, to all that, that mess because those kind of people, you know, they, they, they come in and they're real spiritual. They try to be like, make you think they're real humble and they, they have all this humility and all that, but, but they really have spiritual pride and they feel, feel superior to other believers. And he says, don't, don't buy into that. They also, they worship angels. Their focus is often on other people or beings other than Christ. Now, you, you just say, well, people don't worship. Yes, people do. Let me take, let me, do y'all, I could do a whole sermon series on angels. I'm just going to tell you something just so it'll mess with your week, okay? I'm just telling you, do you realize that, by the way, that, you know, don't, don't get all hung up on angels. You need to be hung up on Jesus. Now, if you collect little angel figurines, don't send me emails. That's cool. That's cool. They're cute. Okay, but I'm just going to tell you something. When your Uncle Bob died, he is not an angel. We go to heaven, we're not angels. That's bad theology. Angels are created by God. They're different beings than we are. We don't become angels. And by the way, he wasn't even an angel while he's here. Why do you think he's an angel up there? But we're not angels. And I know, go home and get some, get some good books. Call me about the authors. Don't read those weirdo authors. You know, don't base your theology on touched by an angel. You're not, people worship angels. No, you know who you worship? Jesus. And now I'm going to have to do a whole series on angels because y'all are all freaked out and going to send emails. I know that's happening. They also talk about seeing visions. And, and I'm going to make you mad now, okay? Might as well. It's gone this far. Listen, there were people that are all, in, in, cultural, in our culture today, in our, the, the, there are just people that are everything they think and everything they say, I've got a word from the Lord. I've got a word from the Lord. You're not divorcing. You're living with somebody else and sleeping with this person every night and he's waking you up and giving you a word? No, he's not. It's not from the Lord. And then you got, you got all these people and, and, and they're always, it's everything they think. Oh, I got a word from the Lord. Let me tell you something. God needs to speak to me. He can give me a word. You want a word you want? I'm just going to tell you. You can say, Ed's lost his mind, but I'm going to tell you, I have the word from the Lord, the latest word from the Lord. Do you know what? I have the very, you want to know what the latest thing God said is? Do you want to know what the word from the Lord is? You want to have a fresh word from the Lord? I'm going to give it to you today. Here it is. You can take it out, tell all your friends. You can put it on Facebook. Here is a word from the Lord. I don't need old Johnny down there that was in the, out there passed out in the bar on Friday night telling me on Tuesday he's got a word from the Lord. And I don't need somebody that is, is sinful and not living their life like they're supposed to telling me that God's told them to tell me something. He did tell me something. From Genesis to Revelation, he's told me a lot. That's a word from the Lord. That's the latest word from the Lord, the last revelation from the Lord. No fresh word from the Lord. Fresh means new. Nothing's to be added to it. Nothing's to be taken away from it. This is the word of the Lord.
So, and that's what he's talking about. All these people come in, God's told me something. Now, I am not, let, okay, let me just do a little disclaimer. I believe God speaks to us. I don't want you to feel like I don't. I, sometimes God impresses things on me. I've had situations before where I've been out there in that lobby on a Sunday and God has impressed on me as strong as it could be impressed on me. You need to go over there and talk to that person. They need prayer. And I go. And I know that you've had situations where God has impressed things on you. I'm not saying that God doesn't speak to us. I'm talking about, you know who I'm talking about. There are people out there and everything they talk about, it's all. They don't have a thought in their mind that God didn't, God spoke to me. God spoke to me. God spoke to me. Every conversation, God told me this. God told me that. God told me this. God told me this. God told me that. No, God created you and gave you a brain to think with. And he might speak to you from time to time. That's your word from the Lord. That's a soapbox, if you couldn't tell. Okay, and they're puffed up with idle notions. They come up with all kinds of ideas that supposedly will lead a person to God. People come up that, that, you know, it's God plus something. God plus this. God plus that. You don't need anything. You just need Jesus. That's the only way to get to God. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other thing, way, manner, method, nothing. There is nothing that will get you to God except putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, period. That is it. That is the only way to get there. And then he goes on to say that we need to hold fast to the head. The head is Jesus. He said the head of the church. Remember we, had a, we talked about that. We talked about that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And so we need to put our faith and trust in Jesus and keep our focus on Jesus and not all this other stuff. I get people all the time come to me and they go to bookstores or they get on Amazon and they order these weird, they're relig- they're, look at this book. It's, it's the greatest book. Well, it doesn't, it, the theology in the book stinks. Just because a book mentions God or has the word God in the title or some guy claims to be a preacher that wrote it doesn't make it a good book. So be careful. That's what he's talking about. Don't let all this stuff come in. Keep your focus on Jesus. You know, listen. If you want to read something meaningful, here's a book. How many... (laughs) I'm like... I should not do this one. Do it anyway. Okay, here's the deal. Some of you in this room, you have read 15 books in the last year and you haven't read three paragraphs in this and you call yourself a Christian. Those other books aren't going to get you to heaven. Those other books aren't going to tell you how to live your life. I do read books that people write and I usually read Christian books and they write about the Bible and stuff, but I never hold anything that I write above this book. I love to hear what other theologians and stuff have to say about things, but this book is the one you need to be reading. This book will change your life. This book will get you to heaven. This is God's word without any mixture of error. All that other stuff's got humans involved in it. And that's exactly what Paul is talking about. Then he goes on to say, be careful of those who enslave by the restrictions. He says in verse 20 and 23, if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Don't handle this. Don't taste that. Don't touch that. Referring to things that all perish as they're used according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom. You know, isn't it great? Now, don't do that. Don't touch that. Don't go there. Don't do that. That all looks so spiritual. But it says right here, he goes, you know what it does? It has the appearance of wisdom. But it's promoting self-made religion 
and asceticism. Asceticism is a fancy word for self-denial. You know what, somebody that's, that, that asceticism, and that was really practiced in those days a lot, and it is today in, very, in a lot of different ways. You all know somebody that's a Christian, and they, they think that they can demonstrate to you that they're a Christian, and they want to prove to the world they're a Christian by how much stuff they can't do and they don't do, bless their hearts. Right? They walk around like a joyless toad frog. Oh, bless God. Bless Jesus. You know, you look at them, you go, if that's what Christianity's all about, I don't know if I want that. Let me tell you what. Years ago, I invited Jesus Christ into my life. Before I did that, if I had have died, I'd have gone straight to hell if I'd have died. But I put my faith and my trust in Jesus, and he saved me and sent his Holy Spirit to indwell me, and I have heaven waiting, and I can't help but be happy and excited and want to tell people about that. And I am not going to walk around like a joyless toad frog, and I don't believe someone who does has a relationship with the same Savior I do. I don't believe it. I know some of you got all excited when we sang that song a little bit. He, you know, he, he, he turned me around. They're up here. Mike was up here jumping around on the stage, and, and Carly's over here hey, jumping around, and you're all going, this is a Baptist church. Where did I, what am I doing here? If something happened, you all ought to have been standing up, jumping around. Because he picked you up and turned you around and put your feet on solid ground. And he saved your soul. You ought to be jumping up and down. And, and, and listen, you don't have to be a Pentecostal church to worship God. Amen. That came quick. You don't, woo! We all ought to be jumping around. We ought to be so excited. Well, you were at least 30 seconds ago, anyway. <laughs> but some people with asceticism go so far as to actually, like, beat themselves on, you've seen this on TV, like over in the Philippines, they have this big thing, and they, they beat themselves on the back, and it's all the self-denial and suffering for Jesus. He says, you don't need all that stuff. You just need to put your faith and trust in Jesus. And we need to be excited because you see, people that do all that stuff, their humility is really false humility. That's legalism that we talked about. People don't need to do that. It's a way to say, look at me. Oh, woe is me. I, I, I can't do that because, you, know, you know, I bless your heart. I know you might be able to do it, but I, I you know, it's just bull. You ought to be excited. Jesus doesn't care about your rituals, the clothes you wear, what you eat. He doesn't care about that. He cares about your heart. I can't tell you, I know we're over time a little bit, but I can't tell you, years ago when we started Heartland, now, now we're kind of like, there's lots of churches like us. I mean, very similar in worship style and all that. But when we started this church 20 years ago, we were kind of an anomaly. We, we're not traditional. You know, I'm up here in a pair of blue jeans as a pastor. I used to have people with, that would come to church and they would put stuff in the offering plates, notes to me pretty much that I was going to hell because I was preaching in blue jeans. You know, I, that's exactly what Paul's talking about. Isn't it? You know, they'd come in and go, ooh, I heard this just the other day. Oh, you're the pastor of that rock and roll church. I heard that just the other day. I went, yeah, we play a little Skinner once in a while. We changed the words. 
It's no different than old hymns. They took bar tunes and put new words to the bar tunes. I just took Sweet Home Alabama and said Sweet Home Up in Heaven. What's the difference? But people get all hung up on that stuff. And let me just tell you, just, just the word, let me, let me just look at you out there watching online, all you people out there all over the place, all over the world watching, and all you people here, I just want to tell you something. We want you to come to church. I don't care if you wear your flip-flops, if you wear your bathing suit, cover up if it's not modest, but other than that, you, you come, if you need to, you know, pancake preaching in pajamas crowd, just come in your pajamas. I don't care. Because God doesn't give a rip what you wear into this building. People say, oh, you're not giving your best to God. That is totally out of context. You know what your best for God is? Your heart. That's what your best for God. That's all he cares about is your heart. He doesn't care. There's go, you're going to be standing in line. You're going to be real disappointed in heaven when the guy behind you is a pair of board shorts and flip-flops. Well, what's up, dude? You're going, to be, you're going to be miserable. They got to heaven? Yeah, they made it too. It's going to be amazing. Okay, I'm going to wrap this up, but i got to tell a joke. Now, I just remembered this joke. I heard a story about people going to heaven one time. And, 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 and so they're like, they're going up to the, and there's a, and I, you know, no, this is not theologically correct. But they're going up, and, and as they're admitted, he says, okay, he says, your name? You know, okay, Ed Kendrick. Okay, Ed. You know, oh, oh, yep, Ed, I see you're in the Lamb's Book of Life. And so now, now hypothetically, you're Methodist, so you could go down the hall, third door on the left. That's Methodist. And, 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 but be real quiet. Don't make any noise as you're going down there. Okay, next guy comes up and says, he's hopping around because he's a Pentecostal guy. And he's hopping around and he's saying, oh, I'm so excited to be here. I can't wait. He goes, shh, shh, shh. He goes, where are you? Why, what denomination? Assembly of God. Oh, okay, you go down the hall. You can do whatever you want. And you get in the first door on the right, but don't make any noise on your way down there. So the next guy steps up. He goes, what's the deal about not making any noise on the way down there? Because all the Baptists are in the first row on the right, and they think they're the only ones here. <laughs> so sometimes we do. We get all jacked out of shape about stuff. I love it when I see people worship demonstratively. I love it when people just throw off their inhibitions and worship God because he's worthy of their worship. That's what I mean. I guess all of this was just to simply say that he cares about your heart. He really doesn't care about all that other stuff. Matter of fact, Paul says don't let that other stuff be a part of what your, your, your spiritual life and your, your relationship with Jesus because it will just mess you up and send you down the wrong path. He says put your faith and trust in Jesus. So, don't let others judge you by external things. Don't, don't, don't let others advocate a different authority. Don't enslave by restrictions and don't be enslaved by restrictions that other people try to put on you. So now I have some questions today. I want you to think about your relationship with Jesus this morning. And I want to ask you this question. Is your relationship focused on Jesus or is it focused on yourself? Is it focused on sin and failure or is it focused on grace and forgiveness? Is it anchored in a personal experience that you had or that you like to have or some experiences or is it anchored in the word of God? And now these last two are really important questions. 
I want you to think about, when you go home tonight and you put your head on your pillow, I want you to think about this question. Has your relationship with Jesus set you free or has it tied you up? Does it make you want to cry or does it make you want to dance? We need to ask ourselves those questions. And we don't need to get caught up in this stuff that Paul said to not get caught up in. And I guess the biggest question of all is does your relationship with Jesus even exist? Maybe you're here today and you've never placed your faith and your trust in Jesus. You know, maybe, maybe you're here today and, and, and you've sort of thinking about Christianity. Maybe you, maybe you have been pushing Christianity away because you've always looked at Christianity as a set of rules and regulations and it's all about what I can't do in my life and you're totally missing the point because it's all about a relationship with Jesus. Now when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, the Holy Spirit will indwell you and if there are things in your life that need to change, He will change you. He will work that out. That's His job. He will do that. But maybe you're here today, and maybe when you walked in the building today, you just, God just sort of did something. You could just feel his presence. Maybe through a prayer that was offered today or a song that we sang, or maybe through witnessing that baptism, that beautiful baptism, or maybe through the sermon that I preached. Maybe something today has just triggered something in you, and you know you need a relationship with Jesus. Well, what I would encourage you to do today is to pray and to ask him to be your Lord and Savior. The Bible says if we will confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord, and if we will believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we can be saved. We will be saved, it says. So if you're here today and you desire a relationship with Jesus, you've got to pray. You've got to invite him into your life. I can't pray for you. There's nothing special about my prayer. It's your prayer. Your hearts cry to him saying, save me. Forgive me of my sins. Now, if you don't know how to do that, I will pray. I do this every week. I will pray with you. I'll pray right now and lead you in a prayer. My, but again, my prayer doesn't do anything for you. It's yours. But let's pray. Father, clo everybody, close your eyes and just pray right now. And pray for people that don't have a relationship with Jesus, that God would grip their hearts. But, but, but if that's you today, say, Father, God, I'm coming to you right now. And, I, and Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me of my unrighteousness. And right now with the understanding that I have, the knowledge I have, God, I'm committing my life to you. I'm going to need your help. I, I want to grow. I, and, and, and God, I, I, I'm just asking you to help me with that. But I thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you made that decision today, let me tell you something. In just a few moments, we're going to stand up and sing a song. And when we do, I would invite you to just, when we stand up, just slide out and go to the back. We go back there. We have people, they have little lanyards on. They say prayer. They got t-shirts on. They say prayer. And those people, they're, they're serving and they're, they are just so excited to be able to talk to a new believer and to help you understand where you go from here, what your next step is. What are some resources maybe that you could use to help you grow in your relationship? What, what is this all about? They, they can help you. Even if you have questions and you were almost going to make that decision today, but you still have a couple of unanswered questions, go see them. They can answer your questions. Maybe you're here today and, you know, you have a relationship with Jesus. But as we went through these things today and we talked about legalism, you know what? Maybe you said, I've been doing this to other people for a long time. Or I've been allowing other people to do this to me for a long time. 
And I haven't been walking in the freedom that I have in Christ. I've been allowing other people to dictate my walk. Maybe today you give that to God. Maybe you recommit your life to Christ. Maybe you need to go back and pray with someone. Or perhaps you need to go to one of these big crosses that we have on each side of the room. You can see people have already taken pieces of paper. They're up there and you've got a little pen. You can write your prayer request, stick it up on the cross. We take those down and in our staff meetings, we, we divvy them up, we read them out loud, and we pray for you each and every week. And, and, and we love our prayer time. And so we would love for you to, to do that. I don't know what you need to do, but I know this. We have learned over the last few weeks what we all need to do if we're going to be part of a church that lasts. And today we've learned there's some things we've got to be careful of. But if we'll do all the things that we've learned, I believe that we can build a church that will not only impact this community, but will impact the world for Jesus Christ. And a church where you can come and you can learn and you can grow in your faith and in your relationship with Jesus so that you can have a bigger impact on the kingdom. You do whatever God leads you to do because that's the only thing we should be doing. Stand with us now as we continue to worship through song.